Flourish had a great time yesterday, I was told. I'm not allowed to go, but I was told. All right, they had a uh, picnic in the park outside here on campus. It was wonderful, so thank you for ladies who helped serve the ladies that came in. Uh, we are, we're excited about our, right now they're called, bear with me, personnel ministries, and those are Ignite, Flourish, Extraordinary Marriages, and now the Singles Ministries, as you heard. So, yeah, every time we say single, people clap. I'm going to try that. Single. I may test you guys later. So it's all good. But, yeah, but yeah these are ministry. These are led by people in our church community, okay, because there's ownership that needs to be had by you in the seats as well. So we're happy for this, and we appreciate the leadership, and it continues to grow on all levels. So thank you. Uh, with this single ministry, this is excited, and please join and serve if you can in any one of those capacities. So yes, Flourish did, had a great time. Uh, oh, too many notes here. So fortunately, I, no, I'm not just kidding. I was not here the week Pastor John was preaching, and I had heard that somebody uh, decided to try and distract the church service. So, um, you know, Pastor John, thank you for handling it as you normally would in your calm, cool, collective system. But I want to say this, we're going to see more of that. Uh, we are. Because as we begin to kick the spiritual evil hornet's nest that is hanging around some of our heads or even in the communities around us, it attracts well-meaning people to do very disruptive things. <laughs> so don't be alarmed if it happens again. I would be alarmed if it doesn't, because it means the devil ain't spending any time at 95 Sagamore Road. He's a very clever, intentional person who wants to maximize his time on people that are a threat to the kingdom. And as we continue to disciple more and become more like Christ and affecting our communities, that's the last thing he wants you to understand. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. So thank you. Thank you for security, ushers. Um, I wish I could have been here, <laughs> but I'll probably experience the next one, so that's okay. So, but thank you, everybody, and congregation to flow with that as well, too. You know, when I was maybe 15, 16, growing up, I had to start getting serious with my life, at least I felt. I mean, I had great parents to direct it, but I need to say, okay, what do I want to be when I grow up? You've all had those questions, right, when you're growing up, some of them earlier than others. I want to be a policeman, I want to be a fireman, I want to be whatever. Well, I was looking that I wanted to be a pilot, a pilot. So I, had a, I didn't have a good discernment because my pilot imagination was Top Gun merging UPS freight fly, uh, pilot. So it didn't kind of mix well, but I, I knew I wanted to be in the air. I find it so amazing that you can put either people... Or, or freight in a tube, a metal tube that's about 400,000 pounds for commercial, and leverage gravity <laughs> to go 30, 40, 45,000 feet. For some, that's frightening. For some, that's fun. So, but I always found that intriguing. But as you can surmise, I did not become a pilot. So. But as in studying that uh, in different professions, and, and some of us may, may know this, um, at certain professions, they call things that are part of that profession a practice, right? So you have a doctor that practices, no trick questions. You have a lawyer that 
practices law, if they're good. I had made a few notes here. I am going somewhere. You have a uh, practicing manager that manages day-to-day operations in offices. You have a practicing nurse. Shout out to our nurses who work in a medical or dental practice providing care to patients. You have a tax practice. Woo, accountants. An accountant or tax professional who specializes in providing advice to individuals or companies. That's a practice. That's a practice. You have social practices. A social worker. Thank you for our social workers. We don't have enough. They provide support and assistance to clients such as children's and families in need in that area. So those type of, uh, those, those type of uh, vocationals, they can, I would assume, if I question some of you lawyers or doctors, at some point it doesn't become just what you do, but it becomes who you are. Doctors are not usually 9 to 5 lawyers. I know my dad, never 9 to 5. And others that practice this profession is not always 95. They not, may not be physically in an office, but when they leave, they're still yeah. solving a problem or what you have and doing that. When I became a Christian at a young age and started growing up, I found out there's a practice of Christianity too. And for a while, I thought that practice was going to church. The practice of a Christianity comes from the, uh, the, the, the need and the, the relationship that God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the, the triune, the Trinity want to have with you every second of the day. So there's a proficiency you need to learn to be in as a Christian, right? Amen. There's discipleship, there's, which involves some ingredients of growing. There's a lot of different things. But you need to be proficient. And when you be proficient in something that you are or doing, practices evolve. So later on, I, in my acute vision, found out that, that a Christian's practice is not to go to church. It's important but that my practice needs to be prayer. That's the eco-center of everything if I'm following Christ. So the title today is, I preached a little bit about on this, maybe about four months ago on a Wednesday night, and I I, I dealt with God, the Holy Spirit, I said, I don't know if I should preach this again. I had a whole other message like, no, I need you to do this. It was very clear. So I was trying to avoid reruns in my first year of pastoring here. But I think with the Holy Spirit, I've done a little massaging with these, and I think it's for some people today that are not here by accident. The definition of practicing something is to perform or work repeatedly so you become proficient, as I said. The practice to act is to train and relate, but always be exercising. So it's taking what you know, and also exercising, right? And for Christians, what we need to know, or strike that, who we need to know, is God. 
the knowledge of God. And that comes from reading the word. Very important because he wants to speak life. Praying, as we said. But also sharing with those around us. The practice of prayer, like any other profession, you should be on call 24 hours a day. If you're following Christ, if you decide to do this. So the prayer time is not just in your closet in the morning. Those are good if you need focus. The prayer time is not just at grace. Depending on how somebody cooks your meal, you need grace over that meal. (laughs) The prayer is not in your bedtime. It's nice. But the practice of prayer is 24-7. It's what us faith folks have heard walking in the Spirit, too. So as a Christian, we are called to practice that prayer life, to be on call. How many, and we can't answer this, but we can only imagine, I can only imagine, how many things does God want to do after 1034 today in the earth with his people or anybody on the planet. And he can't do any of it unless prayer is activating it. How it's it's unfathomable. And to think if I'm am I can I be a part of that opportunity to, to have you work through me. Standby is a readiness to, ha- to deploy something. So that standby in prayer has to be your default, your leaning into as a Christian. The world is getting louder and louder with things that oppose what God has said, or even the existence. And we can't muddle, we do not have time. I'm preaching to myself today. We do not have time to default to my human reasoning before I don't default to prayer in that situation. You see, prayer is for greeting situations and events that have in your life. Prayer is for praying for things that you need in your life. And prayer is for praying for other people in your life. We are the what? <laughs> I'm going off my, I'm leaving the notes right now. Off the Western Church, we have, we have eagerly tried to make prayer work. But we didn't have a good working definition at times. The working definition isn't in the Webster Dictionary. The, web, web, the definition isn't even in your seminary sometimes. The definition comes from a man that walked this earth, Jesus. And whenever he talks about prayer, that's your definition of prayer. And we're going to see that in a few minutes. We've been sold a bill of goods that prayer is a 911 line to God. Hmm. 
this practice of prayer is, is not as you would be in a profession as a doctor, as a lawyer of who you're becoming. It's whose you're becoming when you're a Christian. The ownership is to serve our God, our Father. And there's too many pages in this Bible that says he actually cares about you. But, he's, but we need to have a practice of prayer. I, just some examples. I, I was, there was maybe four, week, four months ago, somebody made me really angry. Am I okay to say that in church? I spent the whole bank account of peace in my life. I was done. I was like, this is, I'm bankrupt of peace. This just came out of nowhere. I'm mad. And I went to God about it. And through the Holy Spirit, which we'll talk more about, because that is who you need to go to first, (laughs) acknowledge that. I said, Holy Spirit, why are they making me so angry doing this? And you've heard this before, maybe not from the Holy Spirit, but somehow he hit me in the head. He says, they're not making you do anything. You've chose to be angry and spend all your peace. Do you want the answer? Absolutely. Start praying for him. Yeah, but, yeah, but. So I did. And somehow the peace account got full again in my life. The temperature in my soul was at a keel whatever comfortability. And there was a reconciliation that started happening. None that I could have done on my own to prove how wrong they were and how right I was. But prayer should have been my first default. I was a rental car center when I was traveling recently. There was, I was somebody was from me, somebody was behind me, and the lady was just on the phone, on the phone. And it's always nice to hear other people's conversations out loud, blah, blah, blah. They're going around, you know, trying to focus. But then the Holy Spirit's like, no, I need you to listen in. I'm like, huh, okay. And she was having trouble with her daughter. So she was, she was talking to her, and you could just hear the tension on that line. And, and, and the Holy Spirit said, well, I want you to pray for her. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. So when I get on the car, I drove away. I said, oh, Heavenly Father, just bless that. He says, I asked you to pray for her there, <laughs> not in the car that you've left her still at the counter. You need to pre- pray for her now. So many times, and I've been guilty of this, I'll pray for you. <laughs> How about now? If you're practicing prayer, let's come together right now. You do know the easy definition of prayer. It's basically communing and trying to bring heaven down to this physical earth and connect the dots there, right? Religion has done the opposite. As we were saying earlier, we've gotten this so backwards, but it's a simple commune of doing that. How many times, especially when the world gets darker and darker, before we protest with our mouth... We pray with it for the issue or situation or people you may not agree with. See, the Holy Spirit is waiting to minister to you and to the people around you, but you need to be in a practice of prayer at all times. Not absent-minded. Spirit is different. Not so flaky that you eat too much frosted flakes and you're no earthly value. 
That is a joke. You can laugh. But the Spirit can minister to you on how to pray and pray for the people around you. If we're following Christ, our, our, with things starting to come at us more and more each day, we have to be in a practice of prayer because otherwise we'll react and not respond. And those are two different things. There's a whole message there. But we'll respond to what God's doing. Some of us feel we're just too busy. I know I've been in a place one time, I said, God, I'm just so busy for you, obviously. And the Holy Spirit came back and says, God's the only one can define what busy is. <laughs> and I don't want you to be busy. <laughs> I want you to be growing. <laughs> we have these smartphones and all this technology that's supposed to have us better control of our lives and more time that we can have to relax and spend time with others. Yet, just take a walk through a mall. People are walking doing this. Nobody's present anymore. We need to be present if you're going to practice prayer. And there's a way that the Holy Spirit can make you sensitive to do that. Let's see, oh boy, this is moving along. Let's see what Jesus said about prayer. Can we go to, um, I believe if it was Matthew 11. Can we do Matthew 11? Oh wait, no, let's go here, I'm sorry. So Matthew 6, so and some of us may know this. So the disciples are seeing a lot of miracles happening. Uh, things are happening, they're on the move. This is bigger than what they ever imagined, Jesus' ministry, and they are... Some of their honest questions weren't more questions like, how'd you do that? But we want to learn your prayer life. Because they saw the potential of what prayer can do for them as well. And so Jesus, he's been asked the question. Well, and he's talking about fasting too, but we want to hone in on prayer. Jesus is saying, their disciples are saying, well, talk to us about prayer. How, how do you pray? Well, he says, when you pray, don't babble on. And on as Gentiles do. Help me, Lord. Hopefully I'm waking somebody up. Help me, help me. I don't know what to do. I think that's the babble he's talking about. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Again, there's places for that, but there's no power in that. Keep going. Don't be like them, for your Father knows. You guys need to seed this in. This needs to be planted in your heart. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask. So I shouldn't have to make all my time about prayer tell Him what I need. He knows it. This is all about the approach. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. You are honoring God. I hope you all do that. He created you and everything you around you. May your kingdom come. So may your will, this is so important, be done on earth as it is in heaven. If God wants the best for us, we can be comfortable praying His will be done. Give us today the food we need. <laughs> 
Jesus meant not only physical food, bread, manna, but everything else we need. Peace. And forgive us of our sins. Whew. I can see the disciples right now. This is awesome. I can do this. Wait a minute. As we've forgiven those sins against us? Mm, but. And don't let us yield to temptation. Whoa, now you're getting to my, close, my back door here. But rescue us from the evil one. Keep going. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. One more. That's fine. We can stop there. Uh, that's fine. So it is so important in your prayer life, in your practice of prayer every day, that it, when you have the word in front of you, when you, when you have that, that set structure in the morning and afternoon, that's throne room prayer time. That's, that's that. Okay? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for what you've done in my life. We honor you. Your will needs to be done in my life and through my life to affect your kingdom around me. Right? That's what he's saying. Then he's saying, you provide all my needs through food Jesus used. Then he's saying, Lord, if I have not forgiven somebody, Holy Spirit, remind me. Oh, yeah, in-laws. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. Remind me. Remind me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Wait a minute, Pastor. You didn't bring your need to him or do anything. That's throne room prayer. Throne room prayer, I believe, brings you. You know where it brings you? It's a trick question. No. The throne room, his presence. Just like you're visiting a king or anybody else, there's procedures to get into a room where the king, and in this case, Jesus, exists. But when you're in the throne room, through worship or prayer, the Holy Spirit can give answers to you. Those are things you need requests. So you get in the prayer. That's one practice of prayer. Event has happened. Lord, I just lost my job. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all you've done in my life. I honor you with, with your mercy and your kindness and goodness towards me and those around me. Thank you. You, are Jeho- you provide my needs. And I need, you know what I need right now. Lord, remind me if I haven't forgiven anybody. And that you will provide what I need at all times. Amen. Amen. And then wait and listen and hear for the Holy Spirit to give you answers and direction and wisdom that is far beyond Dr. Phil or anybody else. Okay? That's throne room prayer and that's with practice of prayer because you're going to default to that. If I wasn't in practice of prayer right then, I would have said, oh my gosh, I lost my job. What am I going to do? Remember Doc talked about that last week about running at the end of your own efforts. What am I going to do? Go into the throne room and practice. If you're practicing prayer, you're going to jump right into prayer right now and get answers and get answers. Right? If you're practicing prayer, there is another shift in prayer sometimes. So there's the throne room we just talked about, and some is what we sang about today, which was phenomenal. 
just taking authority over things. Some of us hang out in the throne room when the answer has been already provided from the cross, which is good. Hang out in there. Worship him. But the Holy Spirit is saying, well, just take authority over it. So there's prayers that you just need to take authority over things. Speaking the name of Jesus. If you're practicing prayer, you're on high alert. You're on standby. So when events come, I did this the other day. I, uh, oh, I think I mentioned it Wednesday. I don't mean to highlight it. But I bumped my head really bad the other day. I was opening the door. My wonderful dog, who lays around too much, was in the way. And just opened the door and boom, right on my head, right there. I did not decide to practice prayer at that moment. I didn't swear. I didn't curse the dog and wish you were. I didn't get there. But I kept focusing on the hurt on my head. When I should have been, oh, boy. Jesus' name, we take authority over any scar tissue and any brain defunction. Anything. You know, in Jesus' name, we pray, take authority over that. See, there's things that were done on the cross. There's healing. Uh, there's provision. There is, there, you know, there's, there's peace. There's all these things, the fruit of the Spirit, that are manifested from these things that were already that are yours because of the cross. Amen? Amen. So you don't need to be begging a God who's already provided through a cross sometimes. So if it's healing in my body, I'm not making a request, I'm reading this and it's telling me I'm healed. So I'm going to speak scriptures and my practice is prayer 24-7 is thank you, Father. We take authority of those in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Continue to speak life to that. Right? But you need to be in a practice of prayer instead of defaulting to your own human reasoning. It's so important. It's so important. Let's, can we go to Mark 11? We're just, you guys give give me a few more minutes than 11 o'clock. Sorry. Well, I'm not apologizing, but I am, but okay. Because, no, I want to read the entire chapter here. But I want you to get that because this is Jesus in the in the chap, in Mark chapter eleven exemplifies the, the the that he was living in a practice of prayer. He didn't have the Holy Spirit because he was God divinity in a human body, right? We know that. So in that body, he was able to commune, and he always said, "I will do what my Father wants to do." When he was questioned, but in this Mark chapter eleven, I'm going to try and go through quickly. Just Mark chapter eleven, verse one. Uh, there, he, he exercises these two different types of prayers, the throne room prayer and the authority prayer. As Jesus' and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethany and Bethphage, sorry, on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Keep going. Go into the village over there, he told them. And so this, is, this, is, this I believe, is throne room prayer. Go into the village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it there. How did he know there is a you donkey tied where he's instructing the disciples to go? He was in practice of a prayer at all the time with his father, and he was seeking an answer here, a request. It doesn't show he was praying, but he had to have been. And God said, there's going to be a donkey there. Tell your two disciples, go do it and go get it. Does that make sense? If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it and we'll return it soon. Keep going. 
Two disciples left, and guess what? They found the colt standing in the street, tied outside front door. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, why are you doing this? Untie that colt. They said what Jesus had told them to say, and they were permitted to take that. Isn't that amazing? So even Jesus told them what to say, and God had told Jesus to tell the disciples what to say so we don't have any hiccups to bring the donkey to me. He covered the whole provision through that because Jesus had been praying in the throne room to God saying, okay, what do you want, what are you going to provide here as I enter Jerusalem? And they brought the cult of Jesus through on their garments over it and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the roads ahead of him and others spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession and we know Palm Sunday and the people all around them were shouting, praise God, bless it, the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming of kingdom of our ancestors David. Praise God in the highest heaven. So Jesus came to Jerusalem and went to the temple. After looking around carefully everything, he, he left because it was late in the afternoon. They returned to Bethany with the 12 disciples. The next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Don't, don't be a plant near Jesus when you're hungry. When he's hungry. He noticed a fig tree in the full leaf of a little way off, so he went over to see it. If he, he could not find any figs, but there were only leaves because it was too early in the season. He is about to exercise his authority. He's practicing prayer, and he's about to exercise authority to that fig tree. And Jesus said to the fig tree, May no one ever eat of your fruit again. And then the disciples heard him say, when they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and they began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables. This, I believe, is an authority prayer too. His response to this, because they were, they were making it hard to do worship in the temple, right? That's disruption. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs and those selling the doves and he stopped everyone by using the temple as a marketplace. So he made some people angry. He said to them, The scriptures declare my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. When the leading priests and teachers in religion law heard that Jesus had done, they began planning how to kill him. Boy, they were pretty angry. But they were afraid of him because the people were so amazed of his teachings. The evening, Jesus and the disciples left the city. The next morning, as they passed by that fig tree, he had cursed. The disciples noticed it had withered from the roots up. And that's it. We can stop there. So there were different prayers going on in this Mark 11, chapter 11. Obviously, it was a throne room prayer, and then even the authority prayer of taking over with the fig tree. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. How do you get to know the difference on what to do? You're walking in the Spirit, hopefully. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit wants to tell you how to pray. In some cases, you may not know what to say, whether it's in the throne room, if it's in and taking authority over thing. So you may begin to pray in tongues. And that's a great thing. Because when you don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit will take that to, the, to God and translate it to what it wants to do. He is your intercessor in those areas. So pray in tongues when you have not, know not what to say, but you know you need to address a problem. But that's just Jesus doing that. I want to kind of confirm with everybody, you are, as a Christ follower, you have right standing with God to walk in this. 
Paul talks about this a lot. I'm just going to jump. If you can get the scriptures up in time, I just got to get moving here. So 2 Corinthians, Paul talks about 2 Corinthians 5.21. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins. Hallelujah, thank you. So they, that, that we could be made right, made right with God through Christ. Philippians 3.9, Paul, he continues, and become one with him, I no longer count on my own righteousness. You guys got to throw that away. It's not good enough. Through obeying the law, did I do everything right? I become righteous through faith in Christ, for God's way of making us right with him depends on faith. Without faith, it's impossible, please God. 2 Corinthians 1, 2. It is God who enables us along with you to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us. He has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment. That's a pretty great installment. That's an installment I want. Guarantees everything he has promised for us. Acts 3 Okay, let's put Jesus over here. There's, another, there's an apostle. Can you go to Acts 3, 6 through 16? Sorry, no, beautiful. So here's Peter. He walked with Christ, right? So Peter said, I don't, he's going into the, a temple, and, and we, some of us know the story. There's, there's a lame man that has asked for alms and money and things to be given to him. And he asks, obviously, Peter. And Peter says, I don't have any silver or gold for you. What kind of prayer is he about to exercise? Authority, right? He doesn't have to go to the throne room there to say, well, what should I tell him? No, he, God wants him healed and whole. But I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Get up and walk. That's not even Jesus. That's an apostle. And that, we've been given the same right standing where we can do that. Not to become little gods. There's some Christian, Christian people going around saying us faith folks are going to use this to get everything we want. It don't work when you get what you want. It works when God gives you what you need. Amen. Right? And it's very clear on that. But you can walk and exercise in this. It's so important. Imagine if we all began to do this as a church. We want evangelistic programs. That's one right there. Just pray for somebody. We did that in a mall or whatever. We've done it. We're going to do it somewhere here. We're going to get a van, bus, and we're going to go out and pray for people in the months to come. But let's just get in the exercise. I don't want, we don't want to create a program. It's just part of who you are. If you're a Christ follower, your profession and your practice should be praying. So praying for everybody around you. Even an atheist might listen. Because the focus is not what I know and what I believe. The focus on is who I'm pointing you to, and I want to pray you to that. We've got to get the focus off of us. So let's wrap this up. It's so important. If you decide to follow Christ, and then you make a bigger decision to... F- continue to follow him and become more like Christ, you need to have a practice of prayer. You're not going to make it without it. Sorry, I'm not preaching a water. You're not going to make it without it. You have to get in. And I'm not 100% there either. But let's get there together. Prayer. Be in that position of standby. 
all through your day that you can pray. So when your friend says, you know, ah, you know, just tough finding to pay these bills. Well, I'm like, can I pray with you quickly? I don't have the answer, but I know who does. You know, let's pray in agreement real quick. Hopefully you're not embarrassed by this. Heavenly Father, you love this person so much and you know what they need. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, provide. You are Jehovah Jireh. Provide. Amen. You planted seeds. And imagine, imagine if they actually get answered. That's pretty better than me giving a track out. So we have to, this is, this is part of what we're, who we are and whose we are in thinking of others. I have found, I do know this, I have found when I continue to grow in this and I'm praying for others, and I think I've said this once before, I am less praying about my own needs because they're getting taken care of. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then all these things will be added unto you. So my prayers are more to others as I'm leaning into that and saying, Lord, Jesus, through your Holy Spirit, I want to see through your lens today. Break my heart. Scary prayer. Break my heart for what breaks yours, Abba Father. You have opportunities. This month of June is an amazing opportunity. I'll leave it at that. To pray and love. And follow your Holy Spirit. How we can point to God. So practice and prayer. It's so important. And it has to include the Holy Spirit. Otherwise it's going to be in your efforts. And you will fall like a firework on the 4th of of July. And it won't work for you at all. So you need the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit in you. We have a prayer team after church. That can do that with you. Uh, why don't we stand? Thank you. Thank you for your patience here. Did this, is this encouraging? It's, it's a challenge, but all good things are if God's trying to grow us somewhere. The more we hold on to today, the more we have to lose tomorrow. You are all the light of the world. You're ambassadors for Christ. And through your relationships, God is calling you. We're going to get into this more on Matthew 28 about making disciples. I thought you were supposed to do that, Pastor. Yes, some of it. But it comes from you all, too. Pointing the light. Being there for people. Praying for them. Practice prayer. It's so important. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. And that we got to celebrate some amazing young adults that are stepping up to finding your will, Lord. And we just believe that the best is yet for them to come. Lord, as a church body, as we've learned, heard about prayer, we hear a lot about prayer, that we know that you're asking more. There has to be more. We are made for so much more than what we're doing now. To be in prayer and practice prayer so we can be in tune through the Holy Spirit to what your will wants to do in us and through us every day, Lord. Let us be sensitive to that and not be bogged down by other temporary weights that pull us down, Lord. And let us learn to know as we deploy and be on standby to practice our prayer that we know is it something we need to request into your throne, which you say we can boldly enter 
Or is it something we take authority over in the name of Jesus? Lord, through your Holy Spirit, continue to guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you do not have a relationship with Christ,